Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your Chief Security Fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week. And this week in Data Breaches was absolutely insane, but before we begin, obviously I want to thank the people that hooked me up with a lot of this information, that would be Jacqueline Wolf, Jay Dance, Barrett Peterson, and Chris Fallon. Guys, thank you very much, and if you have a tip for me, send it my way, you know I'll give you a shout out here. And with that... Let's keep on going because we've got, and we're going to start basically with the supply chain disasters of the week. So the first one is Move It IT. This has been a huge mess for IT and cybersecurity teams in the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is a product by Ipswich that had a massive vulnerability that basically allowed the world to be exploited. And so we have more companies and organizations declaring data breaches as a result of Move It. And this one's not going away anytime soon. The first one was the Minnesota Department of Education. They once again had to declare a data breach as a result of Move It. On top of that, large payroll company Zealous also had to declare. Now, interestingly enough, Zealous then led to the following breaches of multiple companies thanks to MoveIt, and these are all being extorted now by the Klopp ransomware gang, and that would be the British Broadcasting Corporation, or BBC, British Airlines, Aer Lingus, which is the uh, airline of Ireland, and Boots. I'm not sure what Boots is, other than what you put on your feet. But because of MoveIt, Zealous got hit, Everybody's getting extorted that Zealous had as a client, and, and it's just an utter and complete mess and disaster, and here we go. The next one we've got is Fortrago Anywhere. This one's been going on for months, and we still have disclosures as a result of their third-party supply chain hack. Now, what we have this week is Intelli Hardix. They have 489,830 patients' personal health information with Social Security numbers basically dumped as a result of using Fortrago Anywhere. And attackers obviously were able to get in. They had to declare a breach. On top of it, we had the Capita disaster. That's been going on for quite some time as well. And we have seen a lot of organizations using Capita that have had to declare. This week, it's the NHS in England. That's right, the National Health Service in all of England had to declare a breach due to Capita. So just right out of the gate, we're coming huge because there is an absolute ton. And with that, let's keep on going because we got no time to lose. And we're going to talk about next... The Perlin Independent School District, because on June 6th, they filed notice of data breach with Maine's Attorney General, uh, basically after learning that confidential information stored on their systems were attacked by an unauthorized third party and accessed. Based on their official filing, the incident resulted in names, addresses, uh, birth dates, uh, addresses, social security numbers, all that kind of stuff. I think I said one of those twice. Now, after confirming that uh, basically data was hit, they began sending out data breach notifications to those who were impacted. Moving on, let's talk about the University of Manchester over in England. In the post, Pat Hackett, Chief Operating Officer uh, at the University of um, Manchester, confirmed that, quote, some of our systems have been accessed by an unauthorized party and have likely been copied. Now, the attack was discovered earlier this week on June 6th, so that would actually would have been pretty much last week or so. Um, Hackett added, though, that the university in um, the United Kingdom is now working with in-house experts to resolve this, so heads up to you if you go to the University of Manchester. You're definitely not the only university hit this week, and we will get to that. Moving on, let's do our mini segment, basically, that is, if you'd actually spend some money, 
you wouldn't be getting sued or have a class action against you, which is going to cost you way more. Now, the first one up is the San Francisco 49ers, the NFL football team. They have agreed to pay out victims for their 2022 data breach. Now, under the settlement agreement, class members can recoup up to $2,000 of ordinary expenses stemming from that breach, while those who experience extraordinary expenses are entitled to up to $7,500. You are also eligible, if you're a class member, for two years of identity protection services. So if you are a ticket holder for San Francisco 49ers and 2022, you might want to check in. Moving on, let's talk about Acuity International. They're formerly known as Comprehensive Health Services. They're a provider of medical management services, and they agreed to a settlement to resolve a class action lawsuit in response to their 2020 cyber attack that impacted 106,910 individuals. The deadline for the record for submitting a claim is August 3rd of this year. Final approval is August 11th. So if you use Comprehensive Health Services or Acuity International, go get your money. Moving on. T-Mobile, because T-Mobile's always having data breaches, them and Marriott, I swear. But T-Mobile's on the chopping block, and because apparently they breached their duty to protect the personal information of 836 people that was exposed in a March data breach. I literally just talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and this is according to a new proposed federal class action. I guess the plaintiff, Waleed Lashin, alleged that T-Mobile could have prevented or mitigated the effects of the breach by better securing their infrastructure, properly encrypting their data, or better selecting its supervising uh, technology partners. So there you go. Heads up. Class action once again against T-Mobile. This has got to be like their 8 millionth, I think, in the last five years due to data breaches. On top of that, we also have NCB Management Services. They got hit with a proposed class action alleging they breached their duty to protect information on more than 1 million people that was exposed in a February data breach. Plaintiff Carolyn Kelly alleges that NCB failed to encrypt or redact the sensitive information it collected from clients, customers, implement adequate measures to ensure that sensitive information was safeguarded, take reasonable steps to prevent data theft, and provide timely notice of the incident. So there you go. Those were your class actions. They're soon to be class actions of the week and honestly if you just had better security paid a little bit up front you wouldn't be losing money and reputation and clients at this time moving on let's talk about just a plain old data breach and that would be marshall and melhorn llc on june 7th they filed with maine's attorney general uh, an unauthorized party able was able to access confidential information on their network and we are talking about names addresses social securities uh, financial account information driver's license state ids passport information medical information and health insurance information they have mailed out letters to those impacted as well same with home care GPS, because on June 2nd, they also filed, in this case with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services for Civil Rights, so you know it's a HIPAA breach, after learning that confidential uh, consumer information entrusted was unauthorized or accessed by an unauthorized person. And so we are talking about consumer protected health information. According to the filing, I don't have details. They sent letters as well. Moving on. CGM Inc. as well filed a notice with the data bre- uh, with the Attorney General of Maine after learning an unauthorized party was able to access confidential personal information on their systems, gaining names and driver's license numbers. After confirming this, they've sent letters out as well. So heads up CGM customers. Mercy One on June 2nd also filed with the Attorney General of Massachusetts after learning they were suffering under a cyber attack and unauthorized actors gain, na- gain access to names, address, dates of birth, driver's 
driver's license, state IDs, social security numbers, financial account information, and protected health information as well. Mercy One has sent letters as well. Moving on, let's talk about Stanley Community College. On May 24th, they filed a notice with Massachusetts after they learned confidential information in its possession was subject to unauthorized access. Based on their filing, what we're talking about are names, social security numbers, student IDs, and driver's license numbers. They've sent out notices as well. Medicaid in Utah is next up because an estimated 5,800 Utahns, Utahns, Utah residents who were Medicaid members will be receiving personalized notifications from Department of Health and Human Services after some benefit letters were grouped incorrectly and placed in an envelope addressed to a different household. In other words, you're supposed to get a benefit letter, you got somebody else's. Now, the Utah State Mail discovered this error on the 8th of May, and once the issue was identified, State Mail immediately stopped uh, and notified Health and Human Services according to their website. So there you go, simple mailing error, and you're on my video slash podcast slash radio show <laughs> for a data breach. Now, on, on top of that, we have over-the-top marketing because on November 22nd, they learned that unauthorized activity was reported in their systems and based on their preliminary investigation, unknown party accessed these systems on or before November 29 of last year, but they did not notify customers until May 26 of this year. And according to basically them, the impacted information is first and last name, home address, email, financial account information, state and federal government issued identification numbers such as driver's license numbers and social security numbers as well so if you use over-the-top marketing for all of your over-the-top needs Heads up. Moving on, Culbertson Memorial Hospital on May 8th. They posted a notice of data event on their website after learning that an unauthorized party was able to access confidential patient and employee information. Based on their official filing, the incident resulted in, we're talking names, dates of birth, social security numbers, medical diagnosis, treatment information, health insurance information, and more. After uh, confirming all of this, they've sent out letters to those impacted as well. Gateway First Bank, same boat. On June 1st, they filed notice with Montana after confirming unusual activity within multiple employee email accounts that resulted in customer information being leaked. We're talking name, social security, driver's license, financial account information, and protected health information as well. They've sent out notifications. So if you use Gateway First Bank, heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about SuperVPN. The free Super, the free VPN app, SuperVPN, has now experienced a data breach affecting more than 360 million users. If I recall correctly, uh, they also were based out of China, and I think the Chinese government was scraping all their information on top of this. So while it might have been working and masking you from your ISP locally, it's not masking you from a foreign government. Now, compromised information <coughs> excuse me, in this includes... Email addresses, IP addresses, secret keys, geolocation information, visited websites, and other user data. Now, this is not the first breach that SuperVPN has had. They had one in 2022 where 21 million users were impacted. So it's getting worse in... Honestly, it's free. You're getting what you paid for. Moving on, let's talk about South Jersey Behavioral Health Services. They filed a notice of data breach on their website uh, after a recent cyber attack. Now, based on their notice, what we are talking about is an unauthorized party gaining access to names, contact information, social security, driver's license, uh, dates of birth, medical records, treating slash referring physicians, 
health insurance information, subscriber numbers, medical history information, and diagnosis treatment information. They have sent out notices as well. So heads up to you, South Jersey Behavioral Health Services. Your records of your mental health may be out in the dark web somewhere. Moving on, let's talk about Canopy Children's Solution. Uh, basically, this is um, also in out of Mississippi. They're known as Mississippi Children's Home Society Care Center as well. They issued a press release announcing a data breach. Now, while Canopy has confirmed the cyber attack, they are still in the process of determining what confidential information was impacted by this breach. After confirming that the data was leaked and who it belonged to, they will send out notices uh, according to the law. So heads up, Canopy Children's Solutions or Mississippi Children Homes Soci- Children's Home Society Cares Center. Your kids may be exposed. Moving on, let's talk about Axe Marseille. Now, this apparently is France's largest university. Like I said, University of Manchester, step aside. Axe Marseille is in the house because one of the oldest in France as well announced on Wednesday they had been hit with a cyber attack, sending staff home as they could not access the university network. Now, the nature of the attack has yet to be confirmed and it is not yet known whether any of the data was stolen or if an extortion note has been sent to the institution, but apparently the institution has 80,000 students, plus obviously faculty, support staff, and all of that. Total stoppage over in Marseille, so heads up to you if you're a student at Axe Marseille. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Moving on, let's head on over to Germany and talk about Pafligia. Pafligia is a piece silent. Pafligia, I'm not sure, but they're a German healthcare recruitment platform, and they expose hundreds of thousands of files with sensitive data such as names, home addresses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, this was an exposed AWS bucket that held hundreds of thousands of files with sensitive information, and so most of the files that were submitted were user resumes that had names, date of birth, occupation history, home address, phone numbers, and email addresses as well. So, heads up to you if you use. Pafligia, Pafligia out of Germany for your recruitment needs. Moving on, let's talk about the pharmaceutical giant Isai out of Japan because they said this week that they fell victim to a ransomware attack that forced them to take certain systems offline. Now, they're headquartered in Tokyo, and the company has manufacturing facilities across Asia, Europe, and North America with subsidiaries on both American continents in Asia, Pacific, Africa, and Europe, and they have $5 billion reported in revenue overall. This ransomware attack, according to the company, was basically in an incident notification, or they published it in an incident notification on their website and was identified on June 3rd and resulted in the encryption of multiple servers. So ransomware attack. So heads up to you if you have anything to do with Isai, the massive pharmaceutical giant out of Japan. Moving on, let's talk about YKK Group. You may not know who they are, but odds are you're wearing something that they made because they make zippers and that's right i actually went and checked my zipper and sure enough it had a little ykk on it so those are the guys we're talking about now the ransomware group lockbit employed lockbit 3.0 malware to attack ykk group the cyber gang did not disclose the details of the data breach but a dark web post said that the japanese company has 14 days to meet their demands cyber news also reported that the ykk breach was posted on lockbit's blog on june 2nd however the only information provided by the ransomware group is that it would publish all available data on June 16th. YKK has confirmed that they've had a data breach and have taken appropriate actions. And finally, 
And we've got to finally, because again, I'm just tearing through these today, we are going to talk about Shell Oil. And heads up, if you drive an electric vehicle and you've stopped to charge at Shell, and I think this actually is indicative of a problem that we've got with new, more modern electric vehicles versus traditional gas-operated cars. And I'll get to that in a second, but here's the backdrop for this, because oil giant Shell said it's investigating after security researcher found an exposed internal database spilling the personal information of drivers who use the company's electric vehicle charging stations. Now, security researcher Anurag Sen found a database online basically containing close to a terabyte of logging data regarding Shell Recharge. That's the company's worldwide network of hundreds of thousands of electric vehicle charging stations, which it required from Greenlots in 2019. Greenlots provided electric vehicle charging services and technology for customers operating vehicle fleets. Now, and the internal database hosted in Amazon's cloud contained millions of logs according to Sen, including details about uh, customers who used EV charging networks. Now, the database had no password, allowing anybody from the internet to basically access this, and the data, as seen by TechCrunch, where I'm cribbing from, contain names, email addresses, and phone numbers of fleet customers who use the EV charging network. The database also included names of fleet operators, which identified organizations such as police departments with vehicles that recharge the network. Some of the data, including uh, basically vehicle information identification numbers or VINs, were also there. Now, Sen said the database also contained the location of Shell's charging stations, including private residential charging points. One of the exposed records seen by TechCrunch also contained a residential address belonging to Greenlots CEO Andreas Lips. Now, the reason why I find this interesting is if you're going into a gas station, uh, you know, to fill up gas, let's say with your gasoline car, you know, whatever you drive, uh, you know, you might be putting in a credit card and all that. You could be paying in cash. And essentially, that's it. The transaction that is there, uh, essentially seen by your credit card is, oh, okay, they know you're getting gas. But with electric vehicles, as you're plugging these things in, it's very possible they can be connecting to data to start really understanding the car or the vehicle. In other words, as you're plugging in, let's say that charger, it could also be plugging into a data connection that is pulling information from the car. Maybe it's vehicle history. Maybe it's something like this. Maybe we're all going to be more integrated in these things. But if it's grabbing this information as you are sitting there waiting for your car to charge, unlike a regular gas car, you're potentially giving up a lot of information that you may not necessarily want to give. So think about it. Let's say you're driving a Tesla and you're going to a Tesla charging station. Maybe the Tesla charger interacts with your Tesla to essentially get information. Where is it gone? Where is it driven? What's the wear and tear on this? Maybe they're trying to get anonymized, you know, statistics off your vehicle, things that can be re-identified in the future. So this is something I think that we really have to wrap our heads around as we are trying to build new privacy and regulation laws. EV cars are not like regular cars. They are wired with tech. And while a lot of gas cars are wired with tech as well. Bluetooth, I mean, the head unit basically runs everything, car area networks, etc. Essentially, EVs turn it up to 11. And so I think this might be indicative of something that is more concerning because if I'm plugging in my Tesla, my Ford, my whatever it is, and that, that EV charging station, am I transferring data to Shell? Am I transferring it back, you know, to wherever? And let's say the Fords and Teslas of the world are going to Shell and saying, we want a copy of that information to keep tabs on our cars. These are things that we need to understand. I mean, we've had similar issues with GPS and Bluetooth in gas-powered cars, but again, if we are literally plugging in and just flowing telemetry at a very high rate of speed out of the vehicle through a charging network, that's a problem. And I think that's something that needs to be investigated. This is not some tinfoil hat thing, but if they are collecting information like this as you are getting charged, 
that's a problem. So in other words, the, your charge card, your credit card is tagged to the vehicle. So it has to identify the vehicle as you go, as opposed to you swiping a card in like a traditional, just gas powered vehicle. So I think this is food for thought. Those were your breaches of the week. It's just another insane week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.